0: May the peace of our Lord be with you. I was a fairly tame high schooler. So my first brush with death didn't come until the summer after my sophomore year. Uh, Some friends and I went to Lake Martin for the 4th of July and we took a tiny pontoon boat out into the middle of the lake to watch the fireworks. Our trip out to the lake was, uh, went very well and the fireworks were wonderful, but just as they ended, a storm blew up. And we were surrounded by other boats, many of them much bigger than ours. And the wake of the bigger boats, coupled with the wind from the storm, created a very scary situation. And when we already thought for sure that our boat was going to capsize, our only friend who could drive the boat lost a contact and we were clearly doomed. When suddenly the storm stopped and the other boats cleared out and with one eye shut, Our friend was able to drive us home. So I have some idea of how the disciples felt in today's gospel story. On that day, the passage begins, connecting us to that which has happened the rest of that day in Mark, primarily Jesus' telling of parables about the kingdom and making us mindful of how this story might impact our understanding of the kingdom of God. So, after Jesus has spent the day teaching, he and the disciples head across to the other side of the sea, and other boats were with them. I had never noticed this passing phrase at the end of verse 36. Were these other disciples... Jesus had more than just the 12 who traveled with him. Or were these people who had been listening to Jesus teach and seek, were, who were seeking answers for the meaning of Jesus' parables? We learn in the next passage that Jesus and the disciples were crossing from their Jewish community to the Gentile community of the Garrisones. So could some of the folks in the other boats been Gentiles? Clearly not everyone was in the same boat, but it didn't matter when a great windstorm arose. The waves beat into the boat, and water began to flood in, and fear began to dictate action. At least four of the disciples were fishermen who worked on the Sea of Galilee, which is 680 feet below sea level surrounded by hills and prone to storms. So if they were afraid, it seems their fear of the storm would be justified. The disciples woke Jesus up, hysterical that he hasn't risen to address the situation already. Their fear turning to accusation. Do you not care that we are perishing? The disciples seemed to know that Jesus can do something about the storm, but they are still surprised when Jesus does. Jesus wakes up and rebukes the wind and says to the sea, Peace, be still. The word rebuke makes me imagine a Jesus who yells, Peace, be still, and I see this cinematic bolt of lightning that represents Jesus' power moving over the sea. But the fact that the disciples woke Jesus up makes me imagine Jesus rubbing the sleep from his eyes and yawning as he says, Peace, be still. The divine and the human speaking power over the sea. No action, just words. And the wind and the waves stop. They aren't all in the same boat. But when the disciples go to Jesus for peace, the same peace comes to all the boats. Notice that Jesus waits until after the wind and the waves have stopped to ask his question, why are you afraid? In an essay in Feasting on the Word, Michael Linvall points out that Jesus does not tell the disciples that there is nothing to be afraid of. He asks why they are afraid. This is not a scolding, but an invitation to tell Jesus what is making them afraid. We don't hear the disciples answer to these questions, but we do hear their response to Jesus' action. Their awe and wonder are recorded in the final verses of today's gospel lesson. They were filled with great awe and wondered, who then is this? When the waters calmed, did they remember the words of this morning's psalmist? Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and the Lord brought them out from their distress. The Lord made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Or did they think of that moment in Genesis when God hovered over the water and then created order from it? Have they finally started to recognize the divine in their presence? They have been learning of the kingdom, but now its creator is clearly in their midst. They aren't all in the same boat, but God is in the boat with all of them. This was probably not the first trip across the Sea of Galilee that Jesus made with the disciples, and we know it was not the last. Just a couple of chapters later, the disciples are again crossing the sea to Gennesaret when Jesus decides to walk across the sea to meet them. Wouldn't that be a fun decision to get to make? As Jesus passes the disciples, He sees that they are straining against an adverse wind and joins the disciples in their boat, ceasing the wind and leaving the disciples astonished once again. The author of the Gospel of Mark uses these stories of crossing over in the storm to display his Christology. The reader recognizes that God is fully present in Jesus. Even if the disciples do not. And Jesus' disciples, both, both then and now, recognize Jesus' invitation to cross over to something new. In her essay, Crossing to the Other Side, Debbie Thomas says Our work is always to cross over from fear to awe, from suspicion to trust, from certainty to wonder. No matter how high the storm waves in our lives, may we always rest in God's presence as we cross to the other side. We have some idea of how the disciples felt in today's gospel story. Some of us have crossed from the shore of what was to what will be and faced the storms of grief and sorrow. Others have crossed from the shore of certainty to the shore of mystery and faced the storms of fear and doubt. Some have crossed from the shore of one deeply held belief to the shore of another and faced the storm of rebuilding. Sometimes we get in the boat because we want to, and sometimes because we have to, and sometimes because getting in the boat will bring peace to others. Sometimes we don't get in the boat because we are afraid of the storm that will arise. And Jesus invites us to wonder what we are afraid of. Sometimes we get in the boat And amid the storm, we wonder if Jesus really cares. And sometimes the storm stills and we are just in awe of our Creator. Because even though we aren't always in the same boat, God is in the boat with all of us. When God calls us to do the hard work of crossing over to a new or deeper or wider understanding of God's kingdom here on earth, God is with us. I cannot speak for you, but when I think about the shores that the 15-year-old version of myself, who almost drowned on Lake Martin, has crossed to, from the side of all those, from this side of all of those seas, I'm grateful for every boat I've willingly and sometimes not so willingly gotten in. But if I had known all the storms that would blow up then, I might not have gotten in any of those boats and my life would not be as rich or deep or filled with all of you and the wonderful gift of doing life together in this sacred space. In Chuck's incredible sermon, Every Kind of Bird, from last week, he shared a quote from Rainer Maria Rilke's book of hours I live my life in widening circles that reach out across the world. I may not complete the last one, but I give myself to it. I've thought of those words so many times in the last week. I've thought of the tiny seed held in love's hand that grows into the beautiful, expansive, ever-widening circle of love that is the kingdom of God. We don't know when our next crossing of the sea will be our last but i hope we'll get in the boat i hope we'll even help one another in because eventually we will all be in the same boat and god will be with us there too amen